All right, we're back to the third and final section of the Quake uh, Engine movies. Um, unfortunately, this section is going to be very short, as you probably know or don't know. The Quake 3 Arena section is short because Id was trying very hard to make Quake 3 Arena a true multiplayer esports contender, so they locked down the game and you weren't able to make mods with it that modified the demos or any of the constraints that would allow you to do what you used to be able to do in the Quake 1 and Quake 2 engines. So that really put a um, stranglehold on new content. Whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, as the technology was evolving, I'll leave other people to judge that. But at this point, it's one of the reasons why we only have three films to cover in this section. But here we go. So the first one is entitled Quad God. It premiered as actually one of the very first films that Hugh promoted for the release and opening of Machinima.com. Uh, it was done originally for a Quake contest that wanted to be used to promote Quake 3 Arena. And it actually did pretty well. Um, and it entails a story of a soldier looking for this particular baddie entitled the quad god as a mythical series a mythical figure and he's going after him through these different portals and different sections of the various maps that the game um provides for death matches and stuff like that and he just weaves a story of you know having a, a personal vendetta against this individual and meeting several characters along the way and showing his rebellious nature and so forth. The music and the ambience using some of the effects in the game uh, really put you in the mood of where they are in the world. The voice acting is quite good in terms of the character personalities um, and use of different effects. Um, he was able to use uh, I believe Adobe's After Effects to add, you know, picture-to-picture -picture graphics um, to the visuals and overlays, so you kind of look at his visuals in his help cam and so forth to make it seem like he's in real-time communication with different characters. Um, and basically, a very solid film that runs, I believe, for about a half hour. I believe it could be shorter than that, longer than that, but again, a really strong story. Uh, considering the constraints. And one of the, the perks that he did um, that was un very unusual at the time that has become commonplace now is that he used video capturing because he couldn't use the demos as we used previously because of, again, the security constraints put on for, you know, game integrity for keeping cheat and, and hacks out. Um, he committed the, the scenes to video. Um, the aesthetic that the video provides because there's no HD version of it um, because it was captured with rudimentary technology back in 2000 or 1999, it really actually helps with its, its visual aesthetic because it shows you the pixelation, it shows you that things are not clean, they're not pristine. It definitely gives you the people that love nostalgia to show a different time and place in technology where video capturing technology was still at its infancy. 
it was very expensive. Um, it really had its limitations, but it still enabled people to, like we did with, with software packages like Fraps and Game Camera to capture content so people who didn't have the game could still enjoy the video. Uh, unlike, you know, Quake 1 and 2, you needed to have the game to be able to play this stuff back, but with at least Quake 3 Arena, because of the constraints that it was put on it, that it forced people to put it on video, which enabled it to become part, be introduced to a larger audience because they didn't have to rely on technical expertise. They didn't have to worry about having a computer. They didn't have to worry about having the game. You know, it's pretty straightforward. And that was its biggest boost is the fact is that we were now entering to the era of, um, you know, video capturing. So you didn't have the same hardware software constraints as you did before. I mean, there are some downsides to that because you're still at this time early in the Internet's evolution that bandwidth was a problem and you couldn't get high quality footage and stuff like that to people because the file sizes were too big. So that was one of the perks of at least having the game and whatnot is you could watch it in real time. You couldn't make adjustments to it and you could, you know, there was no lag or anything. It just really just think of it as the regular game version was the HD version and the video version was this is your acceptable version, but at least it's more universal at that time because again, technology was rudimentary. Um, so that was a solid, uh, as I said, a foothold for that. The second film, that definitely took it another notch in the veins of um, Hardly Working, uh, Fountainhead Entertainment's um, feature piece. Um, this is actually, they did a music video um, that was chronicled on MTV's two's video mods, like I mentioned with Paul Marino's um, uh, Still Sitting Green, um, is they did a music video in the waiting line with Zero Seven. Zero Seven uh, did a collaboration with uh, Fountainhead Entertainment where they created a music video for their title track, which was in the waiting line, which deals with um, a robot that doesn't realize that all of his people that he's supposed to be serving are all dead or they're cardboard pieces. And it just, deals with that narrative of just going through the process of just how is a robot just going through his motions, you know, in this setting that shows that, you know, what is a robot to do when he has no masters and so forth. It's definitely the, the visual quality is top notch. You would think it was done in 3D Studio Max or Maya or whatnot, which is possible the character, um, Models were created, but at least the playback was still being done under the Quake 3 engine. Um, so again, like with Hardly Working, you can't tell that it came from a different game or a game at all. It was done in a 3D studio max environment or whatnot, like, you know, commercial, uh, computer generated rendering technology. Um, and that leads, got several awards. Machine Film Festival for its its accolade in that department as well. Um, continuing that, the third and final film uh, is actually a piece by in-house by Fountainhead Entertainment. Uh, it's entitled Anna, and it was a very popular film when it was released, won several awards as well. 
um, deals with the story of a flower that blooms um, in the, a forest, nature around it, the sound, of, sound design is very uh, atmospheric, and there's no voiceovers, it's just a story with a, a soundtrack of visual and sound, um, actually just musical tones actually, um, denoting happy, sad, um, fear and horror. Um, and it basically shows the life cycle of a, of, of a flower um, as the seed of a flower, you know, gets into the ground, it grows into a flower and then has to deal with predators, such as weeds and then humans. And then you see his, see the, the fate of the flower. It's a, it's trauma as it's being, you know, as humans admire it, but also want to take it home. And the, the event of it being pulled out of the ground is where the sound really shines because it is really giving off the, um, the fear and the ang the fear and the, the horror of the pain of being ripped away from the ground of where you, you your life began and you just want to stay there but you're being pulled away from it and then finding your fate to be you know with other flowers and your life cycle you know seeing the end of your life of you know this is my life you know beginning middle and end but again people you know really praised it for its story it's visual uh again people didn't realize it was being done in, under the quake 3 engine and definitely you know even though you couldn't do a lot in the quake 3 they did try very hard to at least with that constraints that several you know people did try and manage to make really good films even with those constraints and so forth all right hopefully that makes sense um,